0: Sometimes we need to fail at something in order to realize success isn't what makes us worthy of love. We need to learn that failure is something we experience for a moment. It's not something that defines us for a lifetime. It's not our identity. Welcome to Dreamers and Disciples. Now I've got a confession to make to start our episode today. I failed this year, and I hope you did too. Now I know you'd much rather hear about where I failed this year, but let's focus on you. And I mean this in the best way possible. I hope you failed this year. You heard that right, I hope you failed. And I want you to sit in that tension for just a second because I imagine your first question is, you can't tell me whether or not I failed. And then your second question is, well, what did I fail at? Now, I'm not saying I hope this year was a failure, but I do believe that for this to have been a successful year, you needed to fail at something, at least fail in the right way. Now, let me assure you, this isn't an attempt to bring you down in the episode today, quite the opposite, actually. I'm also not talking about really important things like your marriage. I want you to succeed at that, but I do believe there needs to be a certain amount a failure in your life to be healthy. There need to be parts of your life where you're experiencing some level of things not going according to plan. So I want to help you today reflect on what you've experienced this year. And as you do, I want to share some ways that you can redefine failure. Because not only will this help you have a better narrative of the last year, I believe it can help set you free to live more courageously going forward. The reason I'm talking about this with you at all is because I've been reflecting on what it means to fail. I've been trying to evaluate some of my own failures and things that I've started this year, things that I've tried. And honestly, it's something that I've always been afraid of. I've been afraid of failure. I would get so scared about what would happen if I made a wrong decision or if I fell flat on my face after taking a risk. I'd be consumed with questions like, what would other people think? What would I think about myself? And because of that, there've been times that the need for certainty, security, and if I'm being honest, my own pride have kept me playing it safe or kept me living for the opinions of others and feeling stuck. But over the last two years, I've taken some of the biggest risks of my life in my attempts to follow God and where He's leading our family. And sometimes I felt really confident that it was God leading me. And then other times I felt like maybe 51% sure that it was the Lord. And even some of the things that I was really confident that God was leading me to do, they didn't work out the way I thought they would. In fact, I was telling someone the other day that this year, I think I've succeeded at maybe half the new initiatives, programs, or products that I've launched. So that's a 50% success rate, which if you're doing the math right, means I failed at 50% of the things that I've tried. And that kind of math used to keep me paralyzed. But what it also did was keep me from experiencing the joy of the 50% of the things that did go well, of the new dreams that did work. So as I reflect on this last year, it's actually been a really great year because I'm learning that it's okay to fail, that fear of failure keeps you stuck, but overcoming that fear gets you moving forward. I love the good news of Proverbs 24 verse 16 that says, "'For though the righteous fall seven times, they rise again. We're going to fall, we're going to have missteps, we're going to make wrong decisions, but the righteous, those who depend on the Lord that keep moving forward will rise again by His grace. So for the short time that we have left, I want to give you five ways that failure can actually be a gift. And make sure you listen all the way to number five, because that's the one that I'm currently wrestling with, that I'm currently learning. But all five of these are why I can confidently say, I hope you failed at something this year. But before we get into all that, I wanna let you know if there's a dream in your heart that you want to step into, but maybe you're paralyzed because you're afraid you're going to fail, I wanna invite you to download my free prayer guide called Discover God's Dream for Your Life, 10 Questions to Clarify Where God is Leading and How to Take the Next Step. And you can get that free download at wayjoy.com slash 10 questions. That's the number 10. WadeJoy.com slash 10 questions. All right, let's dive into five ways that failure can be a gift. Number one, failure reminds us we are loved for who we are, not what we do. I remember praying one day as I was in the process of letting go being a worship leader, and in many ways believing I'd failed at that dream. And I heard God whisper to me as I was praying, I felt like the Lord said, Wade, If you never lead worship again, I would still love you just as much as I do right now. And I realized in that moment that I'd put so much of my worth and my value in what I did, even though I taught people for years that that's not where your value comes from. And here I am now, seven years since I led worship for the last time, that I feel the love of God more tangibly than I ever have in my life. But I didn't really learn to receive it. Until I let go of what I thought made me useful. In fact, God drove this point home for me in February of 2022 when I spent several days at a monastery in South Carolina, which I talk about in two episodes that I'll link in the show notes. But I was praying through my own fear of failure as I stepped into this new season of life and ministry. And I read these words by Henry Nouwen from his book, The Dance of Life. And God spoke so clearly to me. So Henry Nouwen writes, you're in a big room with a six inch wide balance beam in the center. Now the balance beam is only 12 inches off the fully carpeted floor. And most of us act as if we were blindfolded and trying to walk on that balance beam. We're afraid we'll fall off, but we don't realize we're only 12 inches off the floor. The spiritual director is someone who can push you off the balance beam and say, see, it's okay. God still loves you. Take that nervousness about whether you're going to succeed and whether you have enough money, take the whole thing up on that narrow beam and just fall off. When I read those words, they spoke right to what I was afraid of in that season. I was afraid of not succeeding, of looking unsuccessful, and I was afraid of not having enough money, not being able to provide. And sometimes we need to fail at something in order to realize success isn't what makes us worthy of love. We need to learn that failure is something we experience for a moment. It's not something that defines us for a lifetime. It's not our identity. The Word of God tells us that perfect love casts out all fear. So when we know how loved we are by God, we aren't as afraid of failing at a job or our dream because while it still stings, it isn't meant to keep us captive. It isn't meant as a verdict on whether or not we are worthy of love Are not. So failure helps us to realize at the core that we are loved because we are a child of God, not because of what we do. Here's the second lesson: failure reveals new direction, lessons, and better ideas for the path forward. You know, I think often we are too quick to label something as a failure. In fact, many times the things that we deem a failure are actually the necessary steps on the path towards success. There's a famous story about Thomas Edison, you know, the guy who invented the light bulb. And most of us know that that was not an instant success. I've heard that it took 2000 tries to successfully find the filament that would produce a working light bulb. And his story really shows the power of determination. It said when none of the elements or the filaments work satisfactorily, and this is before they had their breakthrough, his assistant complained, all our work is in vain, we have learned nothing. And so apparently Edison replied very confidently, we've come a long way and we've learned a lot. We now know that there are 2000 elements which we cannot use to make a good light bulb. So all of the failures led them to what would eventually be successful. I've seen this in my own life. There's a song by Elevation Worship called Resurrecting that I got to be a part of uh, when it was being written. And that song took months and months and months for it to be finished. In fact, at one point, the entire song was scrapped, except for the line, the resurrected king has resurrected me. Sometimes it takes an average idea or a bad idea to finally get you to the seed of a good idea. And so all of those efforts weren't wasted. They were necessary steps to get you to the thing that is actually the foundation that you need to build something successful on. In fact, Alex Hormozzi talks about paying the ignorance tax when we're first learning how to do something. It's in the initial failures that we learn and we grow so that we can actually be successful in the long run. And sometimes those lessons are in hindsight. You don't see them in the moment. That's why Arthur C. Brooks, uh, he's a Harvard professor who teaches on the science of happiness. I've talked about him on the podcast before. He recommends keeping a failure journal. And in this journal, every time you make an entry about something you tried that didn't seem like it worked, you set a reminder on your phone to check back in one month's time from now and then in six months' time. And as you go back and you revisit in the journal... You update it with lessons that you learned a month out and then lessons and maybe connections and new ideas that came through that failure six months out, maybe even a year out. So it's important to revisit those failures so we can realize that failure isn't final. A lot of times it is where we actually innovate and learn and grow. And here's a sidebar for leaders. A lot of times we tell people it's okay to fail as long as they are making new mistakes but does your response to failure reinforce what you're saying? So we need to make sure that we are creating a culture where we want people to take well-thought-out risks because that is where the true gold of innovation will happen. All right, number three, failure releases us from the idol of image management and performance. See, so much of the growth that we experience in life comes through what doesn't look like success. Pruning looks like going backward, not going forward. Letting go of a dream in the face of a no often looks like accepting defeat. Saying yes to what God has for you often doesn't make sense to the world. That's why Jesus says in John chapter 12, verses 24 through 26, "'Very truly I tell you, "'unless a kernel of wheat falls to the ground and dies, "'it remains only a single seed. "'But if it dies, it produces many seeds. "'Anyone who loves their life will lose it, while anyone who hates their life in this world will keep it for eternal life. You see, Jesus says here that often what looks like a death, what looks like a setback is actually the seed for growth. It's the seed for impact. Jesus going to the cross looked like failure to the world around him because people did not realize that there was a resurrection that was to come three days later. See, what the world says success is, And what God says it is often look completely different. So don't take a failure at face value. I have learned so much about my pride and my ego and my need for people to approve of me through the times that I've fallen flat on my face. I've realized that I've wasted so much time and energy trying to be someone I'm not or trying to live for the approval of others. So laying down your picture-perfect image actually is what God uses to impact people because you might can impress someone from far away, but you impact people when you open up your weaknesses up close. So when we stop trying to be impressive, that's when we actually can make a difference in the lives of others and form deeper, lasting, meaningful connections. So sometimes God allows us to walk through failure to help us release that tight grip we have on our image and on our ego and how we're perceived. And to realize the fact that we are not defined by those successes or by those failures. And in fact, we don't even get to determine what is and isn't successful for eternity. Because what might look like a failure now, God is going to use to have a dramatic impact in the lives of other people. You do not know what is going to be written in your story beyond this chapter. So don't hastily or too quickly label something as a failure. Number four, failure reinforces the values of steadfastness and persistence. Winston Churchill said that success is not final, failure is not fatal, it is the courage to continue that counts. One of the points that I make in my book, This Dream Is Not For You, is that we are called to consistency as followers of Jesus. We're called to be faithful in our commitments and to be faithful to our word, to stand our ground even when it's tough. Galatians chapter six, verse nine puts it bluntly. It says, let us not become weary in doing good for at the proper time, we will reap a harvest if we do not give up. And then Romans chapter five, verses three through four says, suffering produces perseverance, perseverance character, and character hope. So my word for you today is don't give up too soon. Don't let these momentary failures, these small setbacks take you off the course and keep you from running your race. See, the path of obedience and faithfulness to Jesus is rarely the path of least resistance. Remaining steadfast even in failure, can serve to actually toughen us up, to deepen our character, to grow us in our perseverance. So we need to continue to run the race marked out for us, even when we stumble, even when we fall. Remember, the righteous get up no matter how many times they fall. And one of the things that we learn through steadfastness, through perseverance, is humility. And that's my final point, is that failure reinforces humility. Proverbs 3, 5 through 6 says to trust in the Lord with all your heart and lean not on your own understanding and all your ways submit to him and he will make your path straight. Even when I'm following God in faith, a lot of times, if I'm honest, it can feel like I'm just guessing, like I'm just kind of feeling my way around a dark room. I think this is you, God, but I'm not sure. It's not making sense. And in my own understanding, I get it wrong a lot. And even when I'm trying to trust God and lean not on my own understanding, I don't always get it right. But I'm realizing that I can't outfail God's ability to guide me and bless me. I want to make sure you get that because it's true for you too. You can't outfail God's ability to guide you and bless you. I think God would rather me seek Him and take a wrong step than play it safe and never try to obey Him. The grace of God covers my mistakes. It covers your mistakes. God's plans for my life and his world are far beyond my ability to mess it up. See, if I believe that God is a rewarder of those who seek him like the scriptures tell us, and I'm trying my best to seek God and to seek the counsel of others and make wise decisions, even if I get it wrong, I believe the Holy Spirit will still get me where I need to go and will still work in me and through me. Now, the key part is to actually make wise decisions, to seek counsel, to humble yourself before God and others. We need to seek God's direction diligently. I'm not advocating reckless and careless risk, but I am advocating choosing faith over comfort and safety and complacency. And let me add this. I used to think when I failed that everyone noticed, like everyone was paying attention to every little detail of my life, which is, very, very prideful, but we all live this way. We all have a very me-centered view of the world. And I was telling a mentor uh, this year that I was canceling a program that I launched because it didn't go well. It didn't really live up to my expectations, but I was afraid to cancel it because I was afraid people would notice and think I failed. And his response was humbling, but also very freeing. He said, Wade, no one is paying attention. And no one cares they're too worried about themselves so we have to learn to humble ourselves before god and then humble ourselves before others and then walk with humility and realize that not as many people are paying attention to your life as you think as long as i can make decisions that i believe honor god to the best of my ability and are honoring to my wife and to my children and the people that are closest to me then my conscience is clear so simply put do your best and then trust God. For Psalm 127 says, Unless the Lord builds the house, the builders labor in vain. Unless the Lord watches over the city, the guards stand watch in vain. In vain you rise early and stay up late, toiling for food to eat, for he grants sleep to those he loves. I believe God wants us to trust him, to work hard, and then to rest well, not getting so bent out of shape over outcomes but to do our best and to trust Him with the outcomes. We control what we bring to it. God controls what He does with it. So to recap, here's why you shouldn't be so afraid of failure. In fact, here's where you can actually get a gift from failure. So don't be afraid of it anymore because failure reminds us that we are loved for who we are, not what we do. Failure reveals new direction, lessons, and better ideas for the path forward failure releases us from the idol of image management and performance. Failure reinforces the values of steadfastness and persistence. And failure reinforces humility. Now, if this has helped you, let me know in the comments which of these resonated with you the most. I'd love to know how the Lord was speaking to you through this and maybe what you're going to do in response. And then like this episode. If you're watching on YouTube, subscribe if you're on YouTube or if you're listening on Apple or Spotify, and then share this with somebody who needs that extra confidence boost going into the end of the year. And as always, it would mean the world to me if you would leave a review of the podcast to help us continue to get this show to as many people as possible. So thank you for making Dreamers and Disciples something that I love to do. I can't wait to see you back here next week.